This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Glam Mirror. Hi, I'm Dr. Tabitha Samir, and you are joining me for Glam Mirror. I am a cosmetic dermatologist here to uplift, inspire, educate, and talk about all things beauty from the skin to the soul. This is Glam Mirror. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Glam Mirror. And I'm so excited to be talking to Gwendolyn Boyd Moss today. Hi. Hi. So good you to guys, be here. Thank you for being here. Um, if you guys don't know who she is, she's author, mother, realtor, and the newest reality star of WeTV selling it in the ATL. And I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, especially in New York. <laughs> Especially in New York. Yes, New York is my hometown. So, um, you know, this is great coming home on the season finale. I know. Well, I have to talk about a couple things with you. First of all, I have to tell you, I admire you for so many different reasons because you're a single mother to three amazing kids, one of which has autism, yes. which I want to talk about in a little bit. And also, you're on this reality show, which from what I understand is not necessarily your personality, but you're looking at it as a platform to do good with all of the things that you've learned about raising your child. You're really trying to educate people, and this is your platform. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, reality TV, you know, I watch it. I'll, I'll tell you that. I've Me always too. watched it. It's my guilty pleasure. I, you know, I like the drama. But when you're drama. on it, it's like you're exposing yourself to uh, uh, people's oh, yeah. criticisms. You're hoping that they'll like you, but you don't know. Right? Definitely. Believe it or not, I mean, and it sounds crazy coming from someone that's on reality TV, but I am a pretty private person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live like in the backwoods of Georgia to get some privacy after growing up in the city. Right. And, um, you know, you don't have any privacy with reality TV. No, not you at know, all. It's like your whole life is ex- exposed and people dig and, you know, so... That's a little challenging. And so what I want to talk about is your show first, because you're um, you're on this show called Selling It in the ATL. It's about female yes. realtors. And I don't know if people know that, but the majority of realtors in the country are female. Yes. So it's about time they showcase female realtors, because there's Definitely. other realtor shows, Million Dollar Listing. Yes. Basically all men on there. Yes. Well, it's been a male-dominated industry for a long time. And even though, especially in Georgia, where, you know, real estate agents is the market is just saturated with real estate i think everybody has a a license in georgia just to kind of play around with yeah. it a little bit but so. there's a difference between having a license and actually being successful oh it's definitely a difference the it big difference shows. anyone anyone not anyone but people can go and get their license but then what you have to really hustle and oh, you've you done do. that you're yeah, very you successful do. atlanta is you know for as big as it is it's very small it's mm-hmm. not like new york everybody once you're kind of in the click you're in the click and everybody knows everybody and Mm so you know relationships are a big thing you know having great relationships and getting out there and networking and getting around you know the right people is important in this business to survive 
And you on your cast are the most seasoned, if you will. Yes. What kind of, um, how were you received by everybody, like, throughout the course of the season? Like, what do you think? I know you were the most seasoned, the most experienced, the eldest of all of them. How did right. they How did they treat well, you? you know, I think initially, you know, um, the real estate industry in Atlanta is very competitive. Right. And so for me, you know, being 16 years in, but being out for about three years, it was, oh, she's coming back. You know, does she still have it? Can she, you know, she's kind of old school. We're new school. This girl is no competition. Grandma Gwen. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm the Gwen Yanla is what they call me of the bunch. Uh So, Um, but overall, you know, the whole Gwen Yanla thing, I think, is is a mutual respect, too, Mm -hmm. that they have gained from me kind of as being the oldest and kind of being Maybe more a voice of reason the voice of reason right. definitely everybody you see that on that. the show yeah, yeah everybody <laughs> needs that there's always going to be that one person that has to keep it definitely. real yeah and not real like real I'm talking like bring everybody back down oh, to yeah, earth yeah yeah I would say on the show you know if you watch Married to Medicine or Real Housewives I'm the Dr. Jackie or the Phaedra Parks yeah. Cynthia Bailey, yeah. Shawnee O'Neill. I get it. <laughs> yeah, those are good, good analogies. Yes. Do you think this show? It's on We, right? So We is a different demographic. I think that they tend to be more make women look more empowered, more professional. Do you they feel do. that way? I definitely feel like this was a great uh, show that they have put together, a great professional show highlighting uh, women and and their influence and their power and their strong personalities because everybody on the show has a very strong personality. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely think the idea to, to show this is is phenomenal. Um, and of course, on reality TV, you got to have that have some little drama. drama piece. But see, I think that they don't show enough of the professional side of women. I'm and go- that drives yeah. me nuts because yeah. all you see is the cattiness, mm-hmm. which they're going to be cattiness, let's face right. it, even in real life and reality life. But that professional side is 80% of our life. Definitely. And I mean, obviously, mother being a mother takes up time. But in terms mm-hmm. of what you actually deal with it's not the gossip it's the real life well you know i am grateful that in terms of my role on the show um they uh really allowed me to kind of be me be the mom Mm -hmm. you know um show me in my home with my son justin and dealing with a child with mental illness and then um you'll get to see on tonight because i am you know the comeback queen of the bunch so you actually get to see me uh, do what I do best, which is real estate. So, yeah, which is um, where you stand strong. Yeah. So I think I've been probably, you know, myself and maybe one of the other girls. They've shown a little bit more of our personal, probably than than some of the other ones. And that's good because you choose that as a way to bring recognition to what I really want to bring yes. you here for because you have like I said three boys your oldest yes. Jojo and yes. forgive me for introducing him because I've read the I've seen <laughs> and read but you had to deal with a lot with him so can you tell us a lot about 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 that well I definitely have you know because of Justin Justin I always say has taught me more than I probably could ever teach him mm-hmm. just in terms of life and how I deal with things and the positive perspective that I do have 
have on things because Justin has been through so much. He's had so many challenges, diagnosed with autism at age three. Then he had a huge brain cyst around age 12 or 13 and then diagnosed with schizophrenia. In and out of mental facilities, um, didn't talk till he was nine years old. But the great thing about this kid, who I keep calling him a kid, but he's turning 21 this week and he keeps reminding me. He's turning 21. So, but to me, he's still, you know, he's still my baby. baby. He's still JoJo. So um, he gets up every morning. I mean, I could have literally chased him down a major freeway. He could have jumped out of the car and the next day he'll wake up and he's smiling with this big, beautiful grin. Mm -hmm. And it's a new day. It's like, what's wrong with you guys? And I'm like, well, Justin, we just chased you down the freeway yesterday. And so if I'm a little on edge, that's why. But he doesn't see it that way he every day and so you know I really have been able to learn from that and deal with everything that he deals with a little bit different and that's not to say like every parent that has a child with uh, mental illness you have your days and you need to have your days I mean I have my pity parties just like everybody else mm-hmm. except I have it's to cathartic. do more it can be cathartic yeah. if it's quick you yeah know? you got to do it quick yeah. I mean I you know I cry my cry blow up my balloons I hang my streamers I put on set music get the violin and I get a good one out yeah and then I'm done with it because in all honesty when you're going through this you don't have time you have to be strong you are the captain of your ship and you've got to guide it you've got to show them your strength Um, most of the times I know with Justin he rides off of my emotions Mm -hmm. so I can't have a bad day (laughs) you know I really can't Um, else it's going to throw him off and it may have the potential to cause him to hear voices and things like that so you know, you got to be positive at all times. It's definitely challenging, and I just want to talk about how. First, I want to ask you how other kids interact with him because you know you know how to deal with your son, yes, and you've probably taught your other children how to deal with definitely other kids may not know, and I think that's what led you to educate people. It really, really is the whole parents too. reason mm-hmm. for me doing this book series, My Special Friends, um, is because of the relationships that I saw Justin trying to have and the lack of relationships that other children wanted to have with him Because at the they time. didn't know how to react to him. They didn't. You know, we don't, you know, information is power. Mm-hmm. You know, and what you don't know, a lot of times you're afraid of. Yeah. And so for me, it was important to start with the younger kids, train up a child in the way they should go, that they not depart from it. So I feel like we have to start early. We see bullying a lot in middle school and high school. So why not start at elementary teaching these kids? Empathy. Right. Empathy. And and some of the characteristics of the kids that are sitting next to them in the class or that are trying to be at a game. Justin is manager of his basketball team. He's on the prep team I mean he's so sociable and the kids at his school love him now but you know I think it's important that we start to explain so when a child is sitting next to Ben in the room and Ben decides to throw a chair across the room they understand that Ben has bipolar Mm -hmm. so the series itself I have three other books to it there's uh, Mr. Autism Can Andrew Come Play there's Ben the Bipolar Bandit uh, 
the bipolar bandit, I'm sorry, has captured Ben and Angelina and the ADHD fairy. And they're Those just are great names. Yeah, they're teachable tools. They're, they're great fun. Names. Parents yeah. can use them. Churches can use them. Schools can use them. It's a great way to start the conversation. Well, I have a copy of the book here, My Big Brother Jojo and His Friend Schizophrenia. And I'm just, it's such a colorful, fun book. Like, I can see my <laughs> nieces reading this yeah. because each page is really colorful, really easy to read. It rhymes and it teaches you. And as a parent or a caretaker, reading it mm-hmm. to the child, you're learning. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yes. you're learning as you're teaching because yes. we as, as adults don't always know. No. You know? No. And it's a hard conversation. Yeah. It just really is to sit down and try to explain something that, you know, oftentimes as adults, we don't fully understand, nor do we really want to understand it because a lot of parents go through denial. I mean, I went through it. Right. A doctor couldn't tell me anything was wrong with Justin. Right. Um, and it takes a minute to come out of that. Yeah. And we do that a lot, um, especially, you know, in, in my community, in the African-American community um we don't want to talk about mental illness we don't want to talk about depression either you know there's nothing wrong you know read a book to that child i mean i heard it from some of my family Snap members out of it. Snap yeah out of it. <laughs> yeah and this is what kills me about that because i i think if you can imagine depression being a disease just mm-hmm. like diabetes yes just like high blood pressure yes. there's no shame in taking medication right. for high blood pressure right. or diabetes but god forbid you take medication or seek help for a mental illness right. just because you cannot see it right doesn't mean it doesn't exist depression is real depression is very yeah. real and all of these things that you're dealing with you're educating others mm-hmm. and I like that you've used your show as a platform. That's remarkable, and I think that more people on TV need to do that. Yeah, I think there's an audience. You know, we've got one out of 68 children being diagnosed with autism. That's a lot, and it's a lot more in this country. Yes. And nobody knows why. Yeah. And that's frightening. 1% schizophrenic. Um, There's definitely, I get, you know, DM messages all the time on Instagram, Facebook from other moms and other families that are saying, I have two kids that have autism. You know, I'm a single mom just like you. I'm inspired, you know, and I think that when you go through something, I'm just a firm believer it's not about you. But it's really more about someone else because if you can make it through, and I haven't always had good moments in it, but if you can make it through, there's somebody else that's watching you that needs to see, you know, that you did get it through. That might be the one thing that they need to keep going right. to do what they need to do for their child. Now, talking about keep going, you probably have wanted to give up so many times. <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, what you're saying, you're sitting here and you're so well put together and you're so well spoken and you're tough. But, you know, there's been times I'm sure you're just like, I don't know. I don't know if I can keep going. How did you get through? What can you tell the people that are going through it? You know, definitely. You know, I'm a person that, you know, they they say some people look at the the glass is is half full and some people look at it half empty. You know, I definitely always look at things as, as half full. I'm one of those people that I can find positivity in the worst situation or even in the worst individual. Um, and that doesn't <laughs> always work in my talent. favor. It doesn't. It really doesn't because I, I get burned talent. a yeah. lot yeah. from that, you know, because I'm like, yeah, they did that, you know, but they murdered someone, did but you <laughs> notice that yeah. great sense of humor that they have? No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I know it's, it's not good sometimes, but 
It's definitely a good thing, and I was raised by a very, very strong, small woman Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, she didn't believe in really having pity parties or, you know, she would say, yeah, don't cry. You know, she was very old school from Newberry, South Carolina. We don't cry. We don't do that. And, And that's not to say I think you should cry. I think you should purge everything. But it definitely did help me to deal with some of the things that I deal with. And then my faith. I yeah. mean, I have a very strong faith that, you know, God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever think and ask. And so um, that gets me whenever I'm really, really weak. Um, I know that he has me. And then I, I love to reflect. A yeah. lot of people don't like to look back on their past. To see what and, you've built from where you've come. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. You know, because sometimes that's all it takes. You know, you think what you're going through in that moment is the worst thing that you could possibly be going through. And then you say, oh, my God, three years ago I went through this and I thought it was the worst thing I could possibly be going through, too. And I made it through. And that empowers me. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is I'm probably always going to have something. You know, I, you know I think as soon as we all realize that we're always going to have something, yeah. it's not how many times you fall, it's each time you get how back up. How many times you get up. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's the best way I can think about it. And what I'm hearing is what I have, I ask this question a lot of my guests, like especially the ones that I find the most admirable and all of the stuff they've had to overcome, what got you through? And the consistent message I hear from everyone is mm-hmm. a, an added. Oh, my God, it's going to sound so cliche, but it's true. (laughs) An attitude of gratitude. Thank you, whoever made that up. You look at everything as being more grateful. Yes. And I have to tell you, I had a a guest on here who came back from a near-death experience. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, how did you, you know, do that? I mean, not how she came back, but how she, once she came back, she had to fight for her body to get back to normal. Yes. She said it's because I always had that attitude of everything being positive and half full. Yes. It tells you the importance of that attitude. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, attitude is everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you make your day. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to blame other people for ruining their day, but in actuality, you have the power and you make your day. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play. It. The difference is you don't have just you to think about. No. You have three kids. Right. How do you deal with your younger two? Right. Feeling maybe they feel left out. Maybe they feel like mom's all mom's attention is on the older child. Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel like they aren't getting enough of your attention. It's a balance, you know, and I go and I speak to other parents at support groups and stuff. And I think, you know, you have to when you have siblings in the household and you have other children, you definitely do have times where that child feels like you're at a basketball game and you've got to leave because the other child is having a meltdown or you've got all these doctor's appointments in the beginning my middle son always had to go with me four to five times a week to occupational therapy speech therapy and that, um, that affects his life and his exactly. feeling of, of growth, maybe, right. if you don't know how to handle so it. So I incorporated them. Mm-hmm. You know, I made them feel like they were doing the work with me, mm-hmm. you know. And so I gave every, them a sense of purpose. I gave them a sense of purpose. Um, Justin and his side that's normal, his normalcy really comes from them i mean justin has autism and schizophrenia but i tell you he can tell you all about every song on itunes uh what teenagers wear what comes out i mean 
And it's because of them. They teach him. They taught him how to dance. Oh. Um, and he does it a lot. So, uh, so they, you know, we celebrate Justin's milestones together. They feel like they have a sense of accomplishment with him. It's interesting. I listened to them about three weeks ago in the living room, and they were sitting there, the two younger ones, and um, they had killed me off. Um, <laughs> I had died. They said, when mom dies, <laughs> um, you know, Justin will go with you oh. um, when you're on the road and then when I'm on the road well he'll go with me when I'm on the road and when you're on the road because they have their whole life planned out right um he'll go with me and we'll give him two hundred dollars a week so he can buy things in the gift store and I mean they're sitting there having this whole conversation and that must um, have been really touched you it did you know but then I had to also sit down with them and say you know two hundred dollars is not enough (laughs) it's not enough you know Justin is high maintenance (laughs) but also that, you know, y- you don't want them to ever feel burdened yeah. with the responsibility. Definitely love your brother. Always mm-hmm. love him. Always make sure that he's okay. And if that's really what you want to do, because it's a huge task to take on. Right. But I love them. And I loved hearing that eavesdropping on that conversation outside of me dying. <laughs> um <laughs> I call it planning. Planning. Yeah, they were planning ahead. <laughs> so, um, I thought it was I thought it was great, and I felt like I had really um, instilled something good in there. So, I always tell parents find a way to incorporate the other children into what it is that that child is doing. Because I think that's a really important point. Because mm-hmm. a lot of your attention, emotion, time mm-hmm. will go in to the person. Um, that has the mental illness right and sometimes at the expense of the other kids right so then that fosters that can foster a lot of resentment and misunderstanding yes so I think that's really a a wonderful message that you're telling people and make it fun yeah you know make it fun we're silly in my household good make it fun you know find things to do we have talent shows we do karaoke um, we dumb dance. We, you I know, Justin's you been on the Miracle League, you know, with other kids that are in wheelchairs. And, you know, my kids have participated and helped with that. Make it fun. It's funny because Joan Rivers said something um, to the effect of whatever horrible life event you're going through, you can get through it with humor. Humor yes. makes it all smaller. Yes. So I love it. And what are your kind of goals in terms of what you would like to achieve with everything you're doing? You know, one of the the big things on my list for uh, 2016 is is launching this nonprofit organization. There is just not enough out there for parents that are dealing with their child that has mental illness. There's not a lot of support. No, it really isn't. So for me, um, you know, starting this foundation, helping them, uh, having some legal services, having someone come in, support groups, and talk to them, give them some legal advice on how to put together special needs trusts how to advocate for your child, how to sit in the IEP and advocate for your child, Um, dealing with denial, having someone come in and counsel and really help them through that, and also trying to get them some services. There's services out there, but, you know, what I have found is that a lot of parents, especially if, you know, they are coming from a, a, a poverty situation, they don't know how to advocate for their child. Justin's doctor always says that Justin's file is flagged, don't mess with this mom. Uh, um, but not good every... Good, though. That's yeah, good. They don't know how to do that. Yeah. But I remember when Justin first started having issues, one of the things that was first presented to me was that I make him a ward of the state in oh order God. to get services. Wow. And I thought, okay, I've got to give up my rights. 
to get services for him. And then what kind of services and how right. well and how exactly. well is he going to be treated. Oh my so, goodness. you know, you have to fight, fight, but fight. That's and a big, big problem yeah. that I don't think a lot of people even realize. No. So I want some group homes for the older kids. You know, it's hard. Um finding somewhere for that child to go. Justin wants to move out. I mean, he wants as much independence as That's good. he can possibly have. Mm-hmm. So that and also a place where they can learn life skills, mm-hmm. you know, learn how to have a job and keep them busy. They need structure and really have that support for the parents, giving out uh, clothes and toys. And so the support system that they, that they people need a don't. support they need. And just system. having each other to lean on and yes. advice from. It takes a village, you know, yes. and we talk about mental illness all the time and we talk about people when they're grown up going into movie theaters and, and shootings yeah. and schools and, and things like that. And then they say, like oh, that. they had an illness prior to that. They yeah. had an illness prior to that and what were the parents doing? Well, the parents can't do it alone. This is not a situation where you can do it alone. It, that village for us is this nation and the nation has to Really pay attention, I think, and to what's going on. And stop placing blame and start making yeah. a solution. And enough with awareness. I mean, yeah. we have walked, we have run, we have talked about <laughs> it. We know it's there. What are we going to do about it? Right. I know. It's also like when, when things bad things happen, there's always some social media meme that people put up. And yes. just by the fact of them putting up, it's supposed to change something. No. I, it's 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 not doing enough. And the it, conversation doesn't last long enough. Yeah. It you, lasts you for, you know. As long as that person is interested with something else that comes up. Yes. So I want to switch gears a little bit okay. because I know that you're a New Yorker, even though I you're, am. you were in the Atlanta. Even though I have this southern twang I now. Know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm about to catch your twang. <laughs> it always happens when I'm around people from the south. By the end of it, I'm like, y'all. Yeah. I still love that word. It's nowhere near my, my growing up. But so you're originally though and so you kind of you just came back to the Bronx recently to, I did. to look at your oh your God. your talk about that it's pretty emotional huh? oh it was very emotional I mean you know I, I said this yesterday in the interview um, Drake has a song started from the bottom now we're here uh, nice. and you know that is definitely how I felt yesterday you Gwenny know from the block Gwenny from the block <laughs> um Gigi <laughs> So, from the block. I like um, that. Yeah, it wasn't always Gwenyala. <laughs> so um, it was great, you know, going back to my old neighborhood, um, standing in, in the front Bronx, of the building in the, in the Bronx, the Bronx were, yeah. on Boynton Avenue, mm-hmm. down from Story Avenue. Um, How long has it been since you've been back? Oh, gosh, 1992. My okay. grandmother, I came back. I moved to L.A. in 91, mm-hmm. and I came back to move her to North Carolina after I left. And um, I hadn't been back since. And no family there now? Uh, One of my close friends still lives in the neighborhood. Pretty much everyone else has gone into the suburban areas. I have one cousin that lives in the Bronx, but not on the block. What what was it like when you went back? Oh, gosh. It was a a load of memories. You know, I grew up in a neighborhood. It's crazy. I wouldn't change my life for anything in the world. I grew up watching a lot of people that we admire and that are major celebrities around me. Um, So I watched them come up from, you know, from really from the bottom, you know, um, watching 
Puffy P. Diddy or Sean Combs or whatever yeah. we call him now, um, intern for Andre Harrell and find Jodeci. I used to sleep in Jodeci's walk-in closet. They were good friends of mine. JoJo's wow. daughters are my goddaughters. Uh, Guy, Damian Hall and Aaron Hall, watching Dougie Fresh and Chris Lighty lived in the building across from me and Mike Tyson came on the block. So <sighs> I watch, you know. Yeah, how is it that so many successful people have come, come out of the Bronx? That's crazy. <laughs> what is it? Is it just this drive to get out? You either You either get out or you stay there. I right? think it is. I, yeah. th- I definitely think it is. drive for something better. Yeah, you you definitely want something better. I mean, I my middle school was one of the roughest middle schools. You know, you had Bronx River that went there, and, you know, I had my moments where I had to fight. You know, she thinks she's cute kind of thing. And, um, you know, you're you, the one saying that, right? Oh, she thinks she's cute. <laughs> no. I was, I was the one no. that they thought were cute. No. Uh, of course, I <laughs> but, get it. But, you know, you definitely... You want more, yeah. you know, for yourself. You want more for your kids. People ask me all the time, why do I live all the way out where I live? And I told Matt this yesterday. I said, I love to hear the birds chirping in the morning. You know what, though? That's not crazy because, you know, I connect back to, like, I ground myself. It's New York City. I don't hear birds chirping. Yeah. But I do I do <laughs> look at that sky, and there may not be a lot of stars, but when I see that moon, yeah. it recharges me. Yeah. It really does. I look up, and I see the moon, and uh-huh. it's like it recharges me. It's something about nature. Yeah. That's magnificent. Yeah, and, I, you know, n- n- New Yorkers have a, a survival mode and mm-hmm. a hustle mode. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm walking all slow, meds like. Like speed up. My cousins are like speed up, and because you know I'm in lax mode. I'm, I'm in the south now. Matter myself no, it's a natural hustle that you grow up with. Yeah. yeah. Um, this grinding mentality, this this business mentality that. Um, I mean, you just can't get that, I think, anywhere no, else. You but really in New can't. York. And I always tell people when you come to New York, you can't come here to find yourself. Oh no! You're gonna be. <laughs> Squashed like yes. a little bug. <laughs> That's why they squashed. say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And it's true. Yeah. Do you know sometimes, and this is like another corny, um, you know, I think I'm going to admit, I drive back from D.C. My family is in D.C. And sometimes uh-huh. I put on that Frank Sinatra song when I'm driving over the bridge because I'm happy to be back. Yeah, it kind of like pumps you no. up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not going to sing either. But so I get it. So that never really leaves you. No, it really doesn't. I mean, I have this southern twang and, you know, I, I'm, I'm polite, probably more polite than than I was when I lived here. But trust me, when it comes down to business, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that Gigi, that Gwenny from the block, uh-huh. it, that She's New back. York mentality kicks in really, really quick. Yeah. Yeah. It happens with me, too. Like, I'll be at a restaurant in another city and I'll be like, why? they taking so long this would never happen in new york i do that and my kids get on me i mean even on the mcdonald's line i'm like this isn't 15 sugars you know in my coffee and they're like mom (laughs) (laughs) you only put 14 you only put 14 i can tell no (laughs) it's so it never really leaves you so coming back did you feel like it was foreign to you a little bit a little bit changed you've changed it's changed well a little bit yeah a little bit because I'm definitely you know I'm, I'm definitely more laid back so mm-hmm. you know I, I think I first got off the plane and we were out on the first day and we went to Rockefeller Center you know I lived here all these years and I never did the touristy oh, thing I think so we fun. just don't take advantage of that yeah. when you grow up here so I'm walking around like a tourist so you yeah. know with my iPad mini and I'm taking <laughs> pictures of the trees and I'm like wow and listen to the Christmas music you know so definitely 
Um, it was foreign. Oh, my God. I went to 125th Street yesterday. Oh, it's so changed, hasn't it? Yes. It's, it's like it's like I was like, so where am I at? Fabulous now. It, yeah, really it really is. People um, are afraid of like Harlem. Oh, my God, Harlem. But I'm like, it is, you know, that is no. it's so nice. It's beautiful. I worked on 125th s- Street. Are you sad at a to place? see how fabulous it is now or no? Hey, I love fabulosity. Yeah. But Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Bring yeah, it. <laughs> But yeah, I was looking for, you know, I definitely was looking for some of the things some that... Some landmarks. Yeah, some landmarks. Now, there was Lazarus was mm-hmm. still there. Apollo was still there. I was looking for the shoe store I worked in, Juno Shoes. Uh-huh. Um, that was gone. Um, now it's a Starbucks. It's a Starbucks. <laughs> I love Starbucks, so it's all good. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. It, but, I mean, I love it. Mm-hmm. I definitely love it. You know, change is good. And what I'm made you decide change. to go back to check out, check it out after all this time? Oh, you got to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Is that still home for I you? Couldn't, I couldn't come here and, and not yeah. go home. Yeah. yeah. And that's still it's, home for you? Yes. Did you see the house that you grew up in? I wanted to go knock on the door, but, you know, you really can't do that in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I wanted to just knock on 5K and say, Especially hey, if you're I used with to camera live crews. here. Yeah. They're going to be like, what? <laughs> He's not here. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. He's not here. Nah. Yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah, I mean, the building, you know, they're co-ops now. Isn't that crazy? And that was crazy to me. Yeah. They definitely weren't co-ops when I lived there. Well, it's changed a lot, but you've changed a lot, too. Yeah. So you can't stay the same. No. You know, everybody says they're afraid of change. Mm-hmm. But if you were the same person that you were 10 years ago, you wouldn't be happy. No. You know, no. And people I wouldn't that be are, sitting aren't. here in front of you if I yeah. was the same person I was. <laughs> what can we expect next from you? Like, are you going to do another season? Do you want to do another season? Um, do you want to do something else? What's next? Definitely want to do another season. Mm-hmm. We TV. We need a season two. Season two. Season two. Is this mic on? We TV <laughs> season two. Um, I ATL. think it's a great show. You know, we only had six episodes, mm-hmm. um, which you know it's I don't enough. think is enough yeah. for for the world to really get familiar with us and get to know us and love us and and embrace the show. Yeah. And we were up against some really stiff competition. I mean, how to get away with murder comes on on Thursday. I watch How to Get Away with Murder. I know. Um, I know. And then we had The Wiz. Come on. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, you know, I don't think a lot of people have had a chance to really watch our show um, and, and get acquainted with the cast. Um, so I definitely, I would love to do a season two. I think reality TV is, um, it's a great platform. You it's know? a platform. I think that especially the women that yeah. do reality TV, need to understand it's not a way to become famous no um i mean obviously you're going to get get some recognition yes. but this is not about fame this is about doing something with yes. it and yes. i've always said that and yes. that's the people that run into the problems that feel um like they have nothing going on without a reality tv you right. don't know how long it's going to last right it could be a one minute it could be five, yeah it could be ten five minutes. minutes of fame yeah so you know i didn't um and i say this all the time i really didn't um and don't be mad at me, my followers, because I do love you. Um, I wasn't one that was really wanting to be famous. Mm-hmm. I'm not one that really pays attention to Instagram and Twitter and how many followers and how many likes. I right. just, but um, but then you can be authentic and not feel like you have to put something on to. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a pressure. I, I really did do this. I saw it as a, a good show, a professional show that um, 
could be a great platform for some other things as well. And of course, expand my real estate business at the same time. I mean, I've been in this business for 16 years. I do plan on, you know, getting my broker's license and starting my own boutique company as well. And you can do all of that now. I can do all that now, you know, and have have a team of people come in and work for me and I can do the mental health stuff and you know, just you can do it all. You can I have can three jobs it. like the rest of us. I can have three <laughs> jobs. <laughs> People so. are like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I have three jobs now. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, know? definitely. So where can everyone find you on social media? Everything for me is Gwen Boyd Moss. G-W-E-N-B-O-Y-D Moss, M-O-S-S. Twitter, Instagram, website everything and let's talk about the book i think this book is phenomenal i really feel like every school needs to have a copy of this book yes um as a teaching tool because i I, it's just so looking at the book it's so colorful and vibrant it looks like it'll be like a fairy tale but then when you're reading it you're like wow i'm learning so much right where can people buy the book um right now you can get it on gwenboydmoss.com um, we have some things and discussions right now to kind of expand Good. on that. Let's get that and together. That would be it, fabulous. Yes. <laughs> and then you have other books coming. I do. Okay. Yeah. Got the other one. Continue. It's the My Special Friends series, and um, that's actually going to be the name of my nonprofit also. My Special Friends. Yes. That's a fabulous way yeah. of looking at it because yeah. they are your special friends. They are. Yeah. I want to just tell you that you're uh, just an amazing person. You're just so, so much, so much to be admired, and Thank you're so. So strong and and it's so nice for you to come in here and share everything about your life and your vulnerabilities and your strengths. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And so happy that I've we got cried to do so this. much in New York. Don't make me cry again. <laughs> I know she's I've got lost tears. a couple of my <laughs> lashes here. <laughs> you know what? Your lashes still look fabulous, and I'm going to spare you the, the tears. And by the way, I probably have lash glue in my purse. Do anyway. you? Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been great. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.